Today, it's part two of our preview of the Cass Lake chain and a look at that new Cass Lake management plan with Andy Thompson. Plus, we talk walleyes with Chuck Hazzy of Leisure Outdoor Adventures. It's all coming up. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. In our 30th year, we kick things off by resuming the conversation with Andy Thompson, acting supervisor of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office on the Cass Lake chain and the new Cass Lake management plan. And he said one of the reasons they have the meetings and the comment period is they learn some things they didn't realize. We did have something that we didn't really anticipate that came up through this process as well, and that that was a really a good it's a good uh, example of why we why we wanted to have a process like this because we're not always thinking about everything the same way that uh, other people are. But one thing that came up was um, a desire for some protection of of quality sunfish in that system, and it was really driven by just you know a few select lakes in the system where where there are some quality sunfish populations. And so, as a result, we're going to be proposing the entire chain for um, a restrictive harvest regulation as part of the quality bluegill initiative that's that's uh, being put forth this year. What lakes in particular are are do you look at as being strong bluegill lakes in that chain? Well, they they all have some nice sized bluegills available, and. Uh, you know, it's just a question of population density. Most of the lakes have a, a pretty low population density of sunfish, um, but the ones that have just a, a few more are basically the lakes associated with that Turtle River chain, uh, the Turtle River arm of the system, and that that pattern holds true all throughout the the entire Turtle River system, even further upstream. Okay. One of the things that we know has happened there is the introduction of zebra mussels, um, and it's been uh, it's been effect. It has definitely affected that lake, which was a pretty clear lake anyway. Now it's made the water even clearer, but it hasn't really affected your fish populations at all, as far as I can tell. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting case study because there are some lakes in the state that have zebra mussels that uh, seem to be having some problems as a, as a result of that with their walleye, walleye recruitment in those lakes. But in Cass, walleye recruitment has, has stayed pretty strong. And as I mentioned, the growth rates are actually, have actually increased for walleye and perch. And uh, I think the thing that maybe is most affected so far is just the, the water clarity being so clear that the uh, fishing pattern is, has changed a little bit, and uh, actually a lot of night fishing is occurring, which um, that had started some time ago, uh, even before the zebra mussels were there, uh, you know, partly because it was already a clear lake, but uh, it seems to have, have 
magnified that that uh, pattern that you know the white night fishing seems to be the time when most of those walleyes are are being targeted. Yeah, I mean it's always been an early morning, late evening bite, and like you say, it's it's even more pronounced in that realm now. But the bite is good, and the numbers are strong, and the sizes are excellent as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, right now, we're kind of in in between two strong year classes that are both present. But the reason I say in between is because the the 2013 year class, which was a, a record year class in that system, um, is still present. But they're getting, you know, they're starting to age out a little bit. They're seven years old. They're you know 18 to 20 inches long. Provide a really nice quality size fish, but they're not quite as many of those fish left as there was, you know, a couple of years ago, but but still definitely present and contributing to the fishery. And then the the other strong year class in the system is is uh, just two years old, the 2018 year class, and they're a little on the small side yet. So, um, you know, trying to find those ideal, you know, 15 to 16 inch eater fish might be a little more challenging, but Overall, catch rates should still be pretty good this year. Now, we've talked about the walleyes and the perch. We talked uh, about sunfish to some degree. Did did we get into muskies in this process? Yeah, we we did talk uh, at length about our muskie population. Uh, we don't, you know, from a management standpoint, we we don't um, we don't stock muskies in that system. They're a, they're actually a native. That's a native muskie population that inhabits that system, and it's it's kind of because they're native. I think it's uh, it, it behaves slightly differently than a stocked population. It has a broader size distribution, whereas a lot of our stocked lakes tend to, um, you know, once we established that first generation of adults, they sort of tend to dominate the system, and you have a lot of you know, big old muskies and and not as many young fish. Whereas in in the cast system, we have more, what what would be, I think, typically considered a healthier population with a wide variety of ages and sizes. So it's it's kind of a a quality muskie fishery in terms of both numbers and size. It because it does have some some big muskies in the population as well, and. Uh, Statewide, you know, the, the the length limits for for harvesting muskies have gradually been evolving and getting uh, more and more restrictive now with a statewide 54-inch minimum size, and which is, you know, essentially that's a catch-and-release uh, regulation at this mm-hmm. point now because yeah. there are so few fish that exceed that size. Well, and and most muskie anglers, even if they catch them that size, they just measure them now and put them back anyway. Yeah, that's the fishing ethic in the muskie muskie fishing community. Is it's pretty much all catch and release, no matter what the rule is, anyway. So your basic uh, consensus was uh, just get out of the way and let the muskies take care of themselves because they're doing a good job. Yeah, we <laughs> we do try to monitor the population uh, every every five to ten years or so. To, you know, just just to try to collect some information from them, but yeah, they they're pretty much taking care of themselves. Now, to the, I, I presume there's at least some muskies throughout that chain in in most of the lakes. 
Yeah, that's correct. We we do hear about anglers catching muskies in uh, in most all those lakes at times, and I think it can be some of those populations might even be a little bit overlooked okay. by anglers. And uh, yeah, because I, I think a, a lot of that musky pressure is pretty much on cast itself from from an angling standpoint. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be. Okay. So all of those things are go- doing well. Um, anything else that you guys discussed uh, and any concerns that, that seem to be out there? Well, um, you know, the, the zebra mussels and, uh, you know, there's also starry stone where it has been uh, found in a, in a harbor in that lake. Um, you know, invasive species, I guess, are always a concern. Um, you know, what else is going to show up or, you know, are, are we going to eventually start having a, a recruitment issue with, with walleyes, for example, because of the zebra mussels and it, it just hadn't happened yet. Um, I guess those are some of the main concerns. Um, but fishing pressure remains very strong on that lake. Yes, um, it it is a popular lake. There are quite a few active resorts on the lake, so fishing pressure on that lake. I, I know I've noticed in the summertime it it doesn't necessarily uh, have a, any kind of a weekend peak. It it's it's busy every day out there, and uh, we we did we we have a a creel survey that we were planning we were planning for that uh we were going to try to get get uh implemented this year in in 2020 but i think we might end up pushing that back a year is we were still kind of working on that plan well 2020 is pretty much going to not exist in history books in any aspect i don't think yeah it's a <laughs> it's a strange one that's for sure anything else you'd like uh, the audience to know about uh, cast lake or the chain well, it's a beautiful, beautiful lake, beautiful system. Um, definitely worth visiting if you hadn't been out there before. Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's also got um, you know some great uh, uh, Chippewa National Forest land and campgrounds and things like that. It's uh, it's just a great, great gem right in the middle of a uh, of Paul Bunyan country for sure. And I like uh, to mention we we talked about it just for a bit in the beginning, but uh, Star Island with its own little lake. Windigo, that's also fun to fish for bass and panfish in particular. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like to go in there uh, from the resorts, especially on windy days. Um, they can they can uh, portage a small boat just across the little beach that that separates the lake from Cass Lake, and fish for sunfish and bass. And uh, it's also good place to swim because the water is nice and warm in there compared to sometimes Cass Lake can be a little on the cool side. It's just another example of some really unique, cool things uh, in the Cass Lake fishery. Yeah, yeah, it is really some some unique things. There are a couple other lakes nearby on the outside edge of Cass Lake that you can get into just about as easily. You could, you know, easily carry a canoe across from the main lake into another small lake. You hardly know they're even there unless you flew over them. (laughs) So check the maps. 
see what's available to you. And there are a ton of those, you know, throughout our entire area. It's kind of what makes it really a, a cool place to live and, and visit. Um, but, uh, yeah, Cass Lake chain is in pretty good shape. Obviously, everybody's going to keep watching the zebra mussel situation, uh, as they should. But uh, I think we asked you this about Red Lake last week. Uh, if you had to give the cast chain a grade, what would it be? Oh, definitely an A. It's uh, it's It's been really good fishing out there the last few years, and I think that's going to continue. It's uh, it's a great place to fish. All right. Andy Thompson is the acting area supervisor out of the Bemidji office, talking about the new Cass Lake uh, management plan and the state of that fishery. Andy, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me on your show. Up next, Chuck Hazzy's in to talk walleye fishing in Leech Lake. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Hey, welcome back to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Checking in with one of our good friends from Leisure Outdoor Adventures, Chuck Hazzy. And uh, Chuck, you know, before we got in the air, I was just talking about how we should be talking about the Twins being about five games up. We can't even talk about that right now. No, we can't. And it's, it's been so long, we forget. I mean, Big Mike should be coming back from his suspension soon. <laughs> yeah. And we should be seeing who that fifth starter is and how the bullpen looks. And kind, kind of sad we don't get to talk about those things. It is. What my... my what I'm hanging on to now is apparently they put the plan to the union tomorrow, and we might be able to watch a little baseball starting in July. It's a long ways away yet, but it's something. And a and a time frame, maybe something to something to look forward to a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and and for a guy like you, I mean, it's been frustrating on both fronts. You you're a you're a guide, and and you can't even do that right now. Right. Yeah. We're just we're waiting to see here. Right now, on uh, you know if this is going to get extended or not, um, you know it's a little little tough to see. You know, just from from a guide standpoint, that we can't put a couple people in our boat. Um, but just looking around on on Leech this weekend, and you know, there's hundreds of boats and spots, and three, four, five people in each boat, and just something we got to ride out and keep our fingers crossed that eventually this is this is going to blow over here and get back to work at some point here soon. So, Chuck, have you talked with other guides about some of the things you think you might have to implement to make it happen? Yeah, we have. I mean, there, there's been a lot of talk about what to do or, you know, precautionary measures, um, you know, sanitizing boats, things like that, which we're all fully prepared to do and, and will do when that time comes. Um, it's just right now it's a matter of, you know, legally being able to do it. Um, you know, you, you think about most, most guides are around here are running a 20, 21 foot boat and, you know, you stick a couple, two, three guys in there and you still have the proper spacing for the most part. And, you know, everyone's not sitting right on top of each other. There's going to be times where you make contact and things like that, but, you know, these days with the with the the buffs for your face and all that, that can kind of double as a as a mask. And you know, lots of times you're wearing gloves and stuff like that anyway during these cold weather times. So there's there's ways you know that I think we can be safe 
and uh, still do, you know, what we want to do and what our jobs are and still be safe at, at the same time. It's just a matter of now waiting until we get the approval to do that. Right. You know, one of the things about guides and, and, and guys that are into outdoor adventure and kind of make this as a career, one of the things that makes them want to do that, they tend to be independent people. But you might be well served if you had some sort of a marketing group that could, you know, lobby for you right now. Correct. And there, there's been some petitions that have went around, um, you know, via social media. And, you know, I know a few people that have contacted their representatives. Um, I, I do think slowly the outdoor industry here is going to get back to normal. Um, I'm hoping sooner than later, but I do, I do have confidence here that within the next, you know, three, four weeks, it's, it's slowly going to start opening back up because you're, you're already seeing people that, you know, have kind of put some of the rules by the wayside and it's going to be hard to, hard to look past some of that stuff that people are, are doing already anyways, regardless. So for us, you know, as, as a business or from a legal standpoint, we just want to make sure we're setting the right example and, and doing the things the right way right now and following the rules. So that's pretty much a decision that everyone in the area has, has come to agreement on that we don't want to set a bad example and, you know, make things worse. Um, so for right now, we're just going to hang in there and follow the rules until, until they lift the restrictions. And then once that happens, we'll, We'll be back as, you know, in full force as we, we possibly can be. There's been a lot of trips and things like that, reschedules and cancellations, and it'll take some time to get some of that back. But I do think we'll get back to normal here at some point soon. Okay. Well, the good news for everybody, and it was a good mental health thing for, I think, a lot of people, was you could get out on the water, you could do some fishing finally. Weather wasn't great, but we could get out there. And, and what did you find when you got out there this weekend? <laughs> you're right the the weather wasn't wasn't great at all um but just looking around and watching people and and you know seeing their reactions and things like that it was you're right it was it was a sense of relief that you know maybe for the first time someone was able to to get out and do what they've been waiting for for a couple months now you know and that day finally came and even though it was snowing most of the day and you know we had a 20 mile an hour north wind which is never a good wind on leech um, most people seem to be enjoying themselves and bundled up and you know not many grumpy looks on people's faces everyone seemed to be catching a fair amount of fish and all in all it, it, it was a good weekend where did you find the fish this weekend um i found the the, the few areas that that i found or we found fish as a group were in, in your typical early spring spots, you know, wherever there may be a little bit of current, um, you know, and, and with the water temperatures right now being so cold, water temperature was was huge. The, the warmest that I saw all weekend was maybe 44, 45 degrees. Um, I saw 39 in places. I saw 40 in places. And the Definitely the best spots seem to be in that warmer water temperature where I think most of the bait was. Um, you know, a lot of the forage on, on Leech Lake in the spring, they're made, the walleye's main forage base is a spot tail shiner. Um, 
or you know young young perch and it just seemed like most of those warmer water areas is where you'd see more bait and then in return see more fish just activity in general typically it's when it comes to opening weekend it's not a matter of whether you can catch fish or not it's a matter of whether you can tolerate the weather or the wind or other things you know that that come up um they're hungry this time of year and if you can be if you can get the line in the water they will bite you're right and i mean we we had warmer water temperatures the week before we we dropped five six seven degrees in places you know from last week to to over the weekend and kind of for the most part what i found was the fish the fish have done their thing they've They've spawned already, and those active males, the, the smaller walleyes, the active males, they really didn't care if the water was 44 degrees or 50 degrees. You put a, you put a jig and a spot tail in front of them, and, and they were pretty active. And, I mean, even, even with the weather we had, a lot of those bites were, they were no doubters. You knew in one hit that it was a fish. You weren't, you know, touching bottom or dragging a weed. You, you knew there was a fish on the other end of the line, and that that's good to see because that shows that they've they've done their thing and they've had a healthy spring, and you know it was a good spawning cycle. And for for that part, at least things things are kind of on a normal pace for this time of year. What's your sweet spot? I mean, what, what is the ideal fishing day for you as far as the weather goes, um, depth, all uh, everything together? What what's the perfect fishing day for you? <laughs> I, I really like the end of May around Memorial Day weekend. That seems to be when kind of everything aligns, almost like the stars aligning again. The, the females have spawned. They've had their recovery time. They're starting to get active. The males have been active for, you know, two, three weeks already. The water temperatures are, are starting to rise a little bit, and you may not necessarily have to have you know, spot tail shiners in the boat. You can catch them on a leech or a night crawler. Um, pretty much anything goes that time of year. And the fish just seem to be in that feeding pattern where they've done their thing, they've recovered, they're active, and they're they're hungry. Um, so I would say that that end of May period through the first part of June, and, you know, that's still a, a shallow water bite, so you can you can pretty much catch them any which way you want. You just have to find their location first. Chuck, you're a guy who spends a lot of time on Leech Lake. You, by and large, make your your uh, living as a guide on Leech. What are your thoughts overall with Leech right now? I think Leech is 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 in a healthy healthy place overall. Um, the last couple years, it it, it seemed to get a little bit tougher each year, but last year I really noticed things kind of starting to, to get back on a little bit of an uptick. And unfortunately with the, the winter we had um, and the snow and the ice conditions, there was very little fishing pressure in the highest peak times, I guess, if you will, of the winter of, you know, January and February. Um, it it was literally a, a ghost town out there. You could not really get to where you wanted to go unless you had a snowmobile and portable operation. And even if that's the the way you were willing to go, there was still going to be times where that was even sketchy with the amount of snow and slush. So just the amount of 
<clears throat> you know, the, the decrease in fishing pressure this winter, I think, is going to help a lot of things. Um, and this this opening weekend, even as brutal as the, as the weather was and the temperatures and the water temperatures, it seemed like everyone had a pretty good opener. Um, not a lot of fishing pressure was done on the big, big part of the lake, on some of the south end areas where where people might normally start on opener just because it was a matter of how brutal it was. And, and you know, four or five foot waves and snow and 20 mile an hour winds, nobody wants to deal with that really. So a lot of the fishing pressure was done on the west side of the lake, the west or the north side. But from everyone's reports, it, it sounded like it was pretty good for everyone. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country is presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Chuck Hazzy of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, my guest today. I know you're a tournament guy. You're on the AIM tour, have been. What are you hearing about that for this year? That's another tough one. We just had our first tournament postponed. Um, it was supposed to be this coming weekend on uh, on Big Stone down in Ortonville, and that one was postponed. They just made the announcement today that they're actually going to move that event to Leech Lake, and they're going to double up with two events on Leech Lake back-to-back days. Um, I believe that is, it's either the end of June or first part of July. But honestly, most of us saw that this was coming with all the news out there and, and the shutdowns and everything, that those were pretty much going to be a no-go. The, the Leech Lake Walleye Tournament has been postponed. Um, there is no make-up date for that. There just is not going to be one this year. Um, but anyone who entered or, or was registered had the option of getting their entry fee back. Um, if they requested it, or they would be automatically entered for next year's contest. So there's no doubt there was a you know a, a lot of disappointment and and uh, you know grumpy moods about that whole thing. But it's just something we got to deal with and and roll with everything here until everything's safe to do the things we want to do. I guess. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, we had the same thing with the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic here, which was going to be their 20th anniversary. Um, so it it is frustrating. It's tough, and and I think the the thing that's really frustrating is all of those types of events, the community ones, whether it be a fishing tournament or any other thing. You know, those are community fundraisers for for groups, and groups yeah. really rely on that. So it's, I think we're in for a, a tough year uh, on the economic front in a lot of in a lot of ways. But um, make the best of it. That's all we can do, right? Exactly, and it's it's tough to you know from a. From a certain standpoint, you tend to think about it selfishly as, you know, man, I, I was really looking forward to that. But you think about the trickle-down effect that it has on the community and all the other businesses and bait shops and and everything like that around, you know, the area and what it does for the area and why we have a lot of those tournaments in the first place, you know, to go to a certain cause. And that money isn't going to be there this year. So it's it's... It's from a selfish standpoint, you know, you, you start to think it's kind of a bummer for yourself, but then when you really think about it, it's, it's, there's a whole lot of other lives and, and businesses and aspects involved that, you know, really, really benefit from that. So that, that's kind of the disappointing part. Here's what I am most hopeful for. I, I you know, uh, I don't know if you heard the uh, news about the, the rapid increase of fishing licenses sold this year. No baseball or golf yep. or other spring sports. This is one thing we can do. I mean, by golf, I mean competitive golf. 
Um, this is one thing we can do, and hopefully we turn more people onto fishing and we get them out there spending a little bit of money on fishing, and, and maybe it'll, on a long-term basis, get more people in the sport for the next several years, which would be a great thing. I saw more father and son and, you know, grandpas and, and what looked to be families in the boat this weekend than I have ever seen on opener. And that's, that, that hasn't been abnormal. I mean, that's always been a tradition for a lot of people, but I think for, for, for a lot of families too, it's been time to, you know, because everybody has been at home so much to kind of, you know, appreciate what you have and, and maybe make alternative plans instead of fishing with a with a buddy or or something like that to you know take this weekend and and fish with your immediate family members and just you know for me personally I haven't fished with my dad in maybe 15 fishing openers and I got a chance to do that on Saturday along with my my oldest boy and it wasn't just me you saw a lot of that in in a lot of the other boats around and that was kind of a cool feeling that you're exactly right. This might actually, in the long run, be a benefit to turn some more people onto the sport. And it it may not even be fishing. It may be the spring turkey season. I know, you know, people who've never turkey hunted before took the opportunity to turkey hunt. And a lot of the normal restrictions or or seasons or things like that were waived for youth hunters that, it didn't matter which season they bought a license for. They were allowed to hunt, you know, different seasons just to try to get some of these youth and, and maybe people who haven't hunted or fished before into the sport. So I think in the long run, this could be a good thing for the industry. One thing to think about, you know, um, with the, it's an all-time record for 16- and 17-year-old license sales so far. Um, so... That it would indicate to me that even 15 and under that don't need a license, there's going to be more of them fishing. So when we get them out there this year, gosh, make sure they have fun. Make sure they have Correct. a good time. Yep. And it looks like the weather's going to straighten out here a little bit. Um, you know, the kids have a couple couple weeks left of the online learning stuff, and hopefully people are going to take advantage of this this weather here coming up and you know, everyone's sick of being at home and everyone's sick of helping with homework or doing homework or what they're missing out on. And this is this is one thing we can maybe introduce to to the youth and to people who maybe not necessarily ever experienced before. And even if, you know, a few of them actually, you know, they're, you, you kind of open their eyes a little bit, it, it might change that as a whole. So, yeah, it's, it's not all, all bad. This, this could be a good thing in, in some regards. All right, we, you, you mentioned that the weather's going to straighten up, so a little bit later on this week, if we have a good weekend, what do you, what do you think people should be doing? It's still going to be a jig and a minnow bite for the most part. Um, it is tough to, to, to get you know, some of the minnows you want, and, and some of the minnows you want are in a little bit tough demand and, and you know, a little bit higher price at the bait shops, but um, I know personally, I'm going to, I'm going to take some of this time to start experimenting with, with some different things that I normally wouldn't get to do this time of year, just because now I'm, I'm more fishing for fun than, you know, someone, someone paying me to, to put fish in the boat. And I'm, I'm going to try to beat plastics to get to death here over the next 
couple weeks. Leech has kind of always been a tough one as far as artificial bait. It seems like the fish have, have wanted a natural live bait presentation, but I'm going to try to take a lot of this time here um, when maybe there isn't a lot of pressure put on me to try to figure out some alternative ways to, to catch fish and, you know, what otherwise might be a time where I don't have a lot of time to experiment with things. So um, jigging a minnow, jigging a plastic, um, that's not saying a, a leech or a night crawler won't work here soon, but, you know, shallow water, typical areas close or adjacent to spawning grounds, um, even though the weather's going to warm up, you're still going to want to look for that warmest water, obviously. I mean, I, I know that's kind of a given and beaten into everyone's heads, but that's, that's reality. That's, that's where most of the fish are going to be until they've recovered after this, you know, spawn session. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to try different things and experiment a little. It isn't, it isn't always about putting a limit in the boat. It's, it's try to learn something new. And that's, that comes from the tournament side is, you know, I guess a lot of the tournament anglers are always trying to come up with some new way or pattern to, to catch fish. And that's, that's what I'm going to focus on the next two weeks here. All right. Very good advice. And uh, Chuck, I know you're an optimist. I'm going to be an optimist. I'm going to assume you're going to be able to guide at least some point this year. So I, I would think you'd want people to go ahead and try to get something booked. And if it doesn't quite work out, you will, we'll solve it later, right? Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of what we're going forward with. You know, anything that's during this restriction, our, our hands are tied, but we're, we're still getting people that, you know, are showing interest the end of May, early June. They still want to get things on the calendar and we're putting them on the calendar. If the time comes to where it's not going to work out, you know, you're going to hear from us first that, you know, we, we can't do what we want to do. Um, you know, if you want to reschedule, we'll do everything we can to reschedule. Um, but yes, I, I do believe there's going to be that season's coming here. Um, just a matter of how long it takes, but absolutely. Yeah. Give us a call if you want to get anything on the books. Um, a lot of our schedules that were filled, you know, we've, we've had to do some shifting around or cancellation. So it's, you know, there are some open days. So if you, if you want to get something on the books with, with any one of us here, just make sure you give us a call and we'll, we'll do everything to get you down. Okay. How do we, uh, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, you can call the, the toll free number, which is one. 888, I'm sorry, 855-LOA-HOOK. 1-855-LOA-HOOK. Correct, 855-LOA-HOOK. Or you can call me directly on my cell. That's 218-289-1383. All right. Chuck Hazzy, great guy, great angler, great guide, and uh, a great Twins fan and maybe... You know, when we talk a few months down the road, we'll be talking about them being in first by about five games or so. Let's hope. I sure hope so. I, ho- I hope I hope they're up by more than five. It'll let us, <laughs> let us breathe a little easier. As Twins fans, we know five games isn't near enough. We need <laughs> we need a dozen games up on you know whether it's the Indians or the White Sox this year. We uh, we need we need to just all be able to relax a little bit here soon. I agree with you, man. I agree with you, Chuck Hazzy, Thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. No problem, Kev, anytime. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. 
Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.